Did you know Shopify doesn't allow more than 100 combinations of options on a product? Fortunately, there's a solution. Bold Product Options app, the number one options app on Shopify with more positive reviews than any other. And it allows you to create as many options on products as you want in every type you can imagine. File uploads, text fields, text areas, radio buttons, checkboxes, color swatches, date pickers, and a couple others I forgot. And it's a huge time saver because when you create your options, you can apply them to one product or an entire store or an entire collection or a particular product type or any group of products you want with a single click. And you could save that option set to apply to any new products you add that need it. Now imagine trying to add gift wrapping option to every product in your store. Normally it'd be a nightmare. With the Bold Options app, it's one click. It can even adjust prices, or those options can actually be products too. So for example, an option could be add the matching hat or add a protective case. And then when your customers select it, it actually adds the product in the checkout. It's a total power move to sell bundles, and it doesn't even feel like it to the customer. Now there's nothing worse than looking at a whole bunch of fields when you're buying a product. It scares customers away. They may not even need to be filled out. So product options adds conditional logic. It's this tool that lets you show or hide options based off what customers pick. For example, if you select custom engraving, then we only want to show the custom engraving text field after they've checked that, and so on. Now, if you need sophisticated options, or just more than the standard 100 variant limit, this is the app you need. You can get started today with a 60-day free trial by going to ethercycle.com bold. That's ethercycle.com bold. Additional support for the unofficial Shopify podcast comes from SEO Manager. You already know the benefits of SEO. The higher you rank in search, the more visitors you get, and more visitors means more sales, which means more money in your pocket. But how do you do it? That's where SEO Manager comes in. It helps Shopify store owners get found in search engines more easily, and it's trusted by thousands of store owners. No surprise there, it's equal parts power, innovation, and ease of use. Think of SEO Manager as your optimization toolbox. Here's some examples. It can scan your site for issues, offer keyword suggestions, add structured data support, analyze missing pages and redirects, and even integrate with Kit, plus a ton more tools to help you be easily found in Google searches. Best of all, it's easy to get started. You can get started in minutes, and their friendly support team is always on standby if you need help. Seriously, I have met them. They are the best. And as a special offer to you, you can get 10% off SEO Manager forever when you sign up at seomanager.com slash unofficial. That's seomanager.com slash unofficial. As a marketer, as a e-commerce professional, as a Shopify partner, as an entrepreneur myself, there's one thing that has always intimidated me, eluded me, and impressed me, and that's manufacturing a product. So it's one thing I've to private label something that already existed out in the world, or to create an info product. Well, I'm very comfortable with digital stuff, so I could do that. But actually having an idea in your head, making it a reality, and then mass producing it at scale that always just blows me away. I'm so impressed by people who are able to do that. And naturally, in my job as an e-commerce consultant, I have worked with so many folks who have done this. And almost universally, there are roadblocks. There's no one who just went, yeah, I decided to do it. And it was easy. That's never happened. 
So I understand where people could be hesitant to move forward with manufacturing something. And at our uh, last Shopify meetup, I met a man who said, oh, well, that's what I do. I help people manufacture things. So joining me today to talk to us about it is Charles Kalaman, who is the founder and president of Kalaman Consulting. And listen to this. So he's an experienced merchandiser in like big department store retail. He's got expertise in everything we need to know about global sourcing, product development, product lifecycle management, vendor management, supply chain, etc. But not just like as a consultant, he's had leadership positions with big responsibility at these major retailers. So he's collaborated in launching brands that I wear, uh, INC, International Concepts, if you've ever seen that, that great great brand for Macy's, Structure, Everlast, and Gantt. So his international experience has provided him with a, a deep understanding of this ever-changing global manufacturing base, and he is going to talk us through it today so you can get comfortable with it. Uh, and if you've got that big idea, be able to move forward with it and get it out of your head and into the world. So Charles, tell me about yourself. What are you doing here? Uh, thank you, Kurt. Uh, well, you know, I, I worked for, as you alluded, I worked for large companies uh, for my entire career, uh, large department stores. And all the way along the, the, uh, the process, I learned by trial and error, uh, by experience, by making mistakes, um, all the ins and outs of sourcing products, uh, predominantly overseas. And to a lot of people, you're right, it sounds a little bit intimidating, uh, but you have to really have a really good understanding of what, what it's involved in manufacturing. And a lot of times, what you see is really not what you get. So How so? Well, you know, I, I think that um, a lot of times manufacturers will, you know, will, will, will approach you and show you, you know, what great manufacturers they are. They'll show you um, what great products they make and great, great factories. But in reality, a lot of times that's not the case. So um, w when I left my last company, uh, which is a large uh, retailer, I decided that why don't I take all this experience and instead of working for another manufacturer or another big retailer, um, try to use my experience to help um, small brands, you know, startups, uh, small companies that uh, have an e-commerce or brick-and-mortar business, and you know, try to help them along the way on how to develop product and how to right, find the right vendors and the right manufacturers. To give us an idea of your experience, what you've done, and why we should care, what, you, what do you think your biggest career win is? What's the one thing that you're, you're really proud of? Um, what I'm really proud of is that um, over my career, I developed great relationships with key manufacturers that make quality product around the world. Uh, and that's very important because when you source product, you have to look at the short term and you have to look at the long term. And... There's always a manufacturer that is going to help you out in the short term. But it's much more difficult to develop long-term relationships that are going to help your brand and your company and also uh, the manufacturer itself. And being successful is developing that relationship and that trust. This is phenomenal that this is the thing you opened with unprompted because everyone I've talked to who has manufactured a product Almost universally, if I, when I've said, all right, what would you have done differently? 
they say, I would have gone and met the manufacturer face-to-face sooner. I would have gone and toured the factory. I would have made that relationship. And when I talk to people who have been successful with manufacturing, that's just a part of their business is like, all right, it's the annual trip to go see the factory, to go meet the people who are actually making these products. Because that, that seems to make a huge difference in success. Why do you think that is? Um, I think it's because you need to have an understanding on who you're doing business with. Uh, when I worked for these large retailers, you had a lot of support groups. You have quality control. You have, fact of, you have representatives overseas. You have people that manage your business. Uh, and in reality, if you really wanted it to, you could place orders and do business overseas without even traveling. But my success, what I thought was very important, is to visit almost all the factories that I've done business with, have a really understanding how the factories work, um, and dealing with the owners, and walking through the factory floor, and understanding what makes a good product, what does not make a good product, what makes a good factory, what is not a good factory, and why. And, and I think that's, kind of, that's really the success. Now, every startup and every entrepreneur doesn't have the ability to do that, or the resources to do that. And that's really why I started my business, because I have that experience. So they, I may not be able to go to every factory around the world for them, but I know that over the years I've built relationships with key factories that I know are factories that a young entrepreneur or a young startup, how to connect them with key vendors and key factories that are going to help them and be partners. And that, to me, that's very important. There's a difference between having a manufacturer manufacture your product and having a manufacturer be a partner to your business. And that's very, very crucial because it has to be kind of a two-way street. So if it's a, if it's a two-way street, we, the idea is to elevate this from like a transactional relationship to a more of a business partnership where you are dependent on each other for success. You are looking out for each other's success. And that starts with, with visiting the factory? It's visiting the factory. Um, you really, you, um, my philosophy is you want the, uh, the, the vendor and the factory to be an extension of your brand. Okay. okay. And that to me is very important, meaning that if, if your brand and your product has uh, some social ethos, environmental ethos, sustainability, you want to work with a vendor that has the same philosophy and the same way of doing business. If you are a, a young business and you don't have the organization to develop internally all your products and hire all your designers and be able to procure or research fabrics and, and materials, you want a vendor that is going to be partner with you and help you do that along the way. But e-commerce brands, um, emerging brands, a lot of them don't have the ability to do that. So you want a partner that is able to do that for you. In essence, they are seeing an opportunity to help you grow the business. As you grow your business, their business will grow as well. Before I even start looking for the factory, how do I know when I'm ready? I've got the idea in my head, something, something happens, and then I go out and start trying to find a partner to manufacture this for me. What, what's that something, something? What is, what's in between? When do I know that I'm, I'm ready to go find that factory? Um, well, I think that you know you're ready when you have done your due diligence and you, found, you already found factories and vendors that are able to make your product. Okay? I think, so as you're developing the product, you have to think as well, what does the supply chain going to look like and what are the vendors and factories that are going to be able to take your idea from a concept to an actual production? 
for the, the sake of this conversation, give me an example product that we'll talk through just to illustrate things. Something that like you would be comfortable with in your, in your career manufacturing. Okay. So let's assume that I want to, I want to develop an active wear line. Okay. okay. A women's active wear line, which is very, very hot right now. The whole leisure business and the entire workout wear, yoga wear. Okay, I have an idea, uh, I have great ideas and great designs. How do I, how do I go about doing this? Okay. Um, I would first start going to trade shows that are in the industry. Um, there's a magic show in Las Vegas twice a year. And What's it called? It's called Magic. Magic? Ma yeah, it's called right. Magic. It's a men's... This is not going to be hard to Google. Magic yeah. Vegas. It, it, ma Magic in Las Vegas is a, a men's uh, apparel, garment, international... Uh, uh, exactly, I don't know that, what the last word is, but it's called Magic. So you start looking for vendors and factories and fabric mills that are going to be able to take your idea and your concept uh, to the next level in production. Um, there are also a lot, of, there's a lot of information, a lot of publications in the industry, uh, trade organizations. Uh, one is called the AFAA, which uh, specializes in apparel and footwear, uh, apparel manufacturing. So these are all areas that you can do your research and your due diligence to see who is going to be able to help you along the line uh, to take you from a concept and an idea for this particular activewear line um, and you know, be able to help you along the way and find uh, a way for you to manufacture it. Okay? Uh, a lot of times you, you find a manufacturer and a factory uh, and you, you have to do, you have to verify and, 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 and to make sure that these are legitimate factories. Uh, so you can't just take it uh, just what, what's on, on the website. Um, you know, you, you also have um, agents uh, that uh, around the world, uh, in Hong Kong and China and around the world, is, they're going to be able to help you that you can hire uh, to help you find the right vendors and the right factories and help you with the right process. Um, it all depends on the, um, uh, whether these, these vendors and these agents are going to be able to work with you depending on, on your volume. A lot of them have fees that uh, you might be able to afford, you may not be able to afford, or they have a lot of restrictions. The other way is to hire someone like myself, an expert uh, in the industry that's had a lot of experience that can help you maneuver and through the pathway on how to develop, who to contact, who are the right factories, what are the right vendors, what are the right platforms, the right organizations for you to, you know, to belong with. Uh, so, so there's a lot of ways um, that you can find and take you from an idea to production. So what if, with Alibaba, like if in the e-commerce space, the first thing I would do is go on Alibaba and try to find a manufacturer that way. That seemed to be the thing to do. But then I started hearing horror stories for people who had done this and had lost money or like eventually they all succeeded, but they, they spent more than they needed to in advance. And what I learned was when dealing uh, with these menu or with these representatives remotely, you could be dealing with, ideally you want to be dealing with the manufacturer directly, but you may not be dealing with them. You could be dealing with an agent that is representing a whole bunch of them. You could be dealing with a uh, distributor. And that seemed to be like the three categories. And it was tough to tell if you weren't, in this industry, if you didn't have experience in this space, it would be difficult for you to tell those things apart. That was my understanding. Yeah, no, it is, and it is, and you know, and, and I've made those mistakes in my career as well, even working for large organizations. So basically, you have three different types of factories, and I call factories and vendors 
synonymously, but there's a difference. Um, in, in, in sites like Alibaba and so forth, you may have a factory. Well, um, is the factory um, a, a vendor? Okay. Is, is, is the factory a factory that has an organization that can help you with, um, uh, with the procurement of, of materials and fabrics? Or is it just a very small manufacturer that basically you know, requires you to give them all the information for them to manufacture your product? Uh, is it a trading company? A trading company um, has uh, relationships with different factories uh, around the world or in, in China in this case. And the factory is the one that takes the ownership of the financing, so the procurement of the fabric, dealing with you one-to-one, -one, and they will utilize these factories to manufacture the product. Um, then you have the vendor who is the factory. <laughs> okay? This is the vendor that owns the factory, that owns the finances, that owns the, the supply chain, that uh, has the quality control standards and takes responsibility for the product. Uh, and what most people that make mistakes uh, with Alibaba and all incomparable uh, uh, platforms is that they may deal with a factory that they really don't know who they are. And you think you're placing business with that factory, and in reality, they're moving production to other factories. That seems to be, from talking to uh, e-commerce merchants, the number one issue, the two, number, the two issues they run into, and I, um, you could comment on these, of course, number one, it's delayed. I don't think I've ever met someone who has contracted a factory and had the stuff show up at the original deadline. It just seems to be an, a near impossibility. And then number two is uh, you get the sample. The sample looks amazing. And then the actual product shows up, and it's not like the sample. It's not of the same quality. Exactly. Those tend to be the two things. Yes, yes. That's, that's very typical uh, of really what happens. Well, in, in, the, in, in my example, what ended up happening, when the first thing when I, when I took over the project, was to I wanted to send somebody to that particular factory in China. So we contracted, I contracted someone to go to the factory in China. And what ended up happening was it was really not even factory. It had a great name, great, you know, great uh, promotion and so forth. But basically it was a mom and pop workshop. And what they did is they took the orders and they found other little workshops to make their product. Um, and in, and in, because it was a seasonal garment, it was peak production when they needed it. So what they ended up happening is they started finding factories that had production space. So i.e., you basically lost control of your production schedule on quality, uh, as well as um, the not having the right product, you know, made for your e-commerce brand uh, and your 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 e-commerce site, and that's a very common problem. Um, so, so the key is to be able to work with factories and vendors that have a couple of different things. When I look at um, a, a factory, I, I I first look at their customer base, okay? And that's the, to answer the question, whether it's big or small, it doesn't really make that much difference. Hmm. You have to look at what is the factory, who do they do business with? Do they do business with Ralph Lauren? <laughs> or if they do business with Ralph Lauren, they do business with some of the other be better known American brands, then that'll tell you something. It'll tell you something that's you know, a quality factory. Um, you, uh, do they work with clients that are like very large? 
a Walmart, a Target, or do they work with a lot of small uh, brands? So that will give you some idea of the type of factory that you're doing business with. You also have to look at certifications, which is really important. The first thing that I would do when I'm a brand, I would look at look the fact, are they, are they RAP certified? RAP certified uh, is the acronym for World Responsive Production Manufacturing. And that organization will give the factory uh, a certification. And that means that they're producing to world standards in production. So if factories don't have that certification, um, you're basically taking a lot of chances because they are not producing or they may not be an actual factory. They may be a small subcontractor. So step one is I have to start finding factories. I got to build a list of factories to vet. And whether I use a, a sourcing agent for that to simplify the process, I use Alibaba, I start Googling, or I go to trade shows. It sounds like trade shows like at least start there to get a feel for it um, is the answer. Yes, that's really really where you start. Okay. It's important to look at trade shows to get an overall perspective of who's manufacturing what and what are the fashion trends and what, what okay. factors are doing what products. So then once I've got some potential factories, I first I want to look at their client list. And if it's, if it's household names, that lends tremendous trust and credibility. If they're manufacturing things similar in my space, that's a good sign. Yes. All right. Then I, I want to check their certifications, which helps us avoid these problems where you have factories mis, really misrepresenting their capabilities. I want to know, are they uh, WRP, RAP certified? I want to know if they're ISO 901 certified. And I want to know, what are their capabilities? So you could say, hey... Is this entire process going to be done in-house or, you know, to do embroidery, you have to set it out or to do, you know, your printing, you have to set it, whatever it is, because those are all points of failure. Yes, absolutely. Okay. I would also take a look at, and I've always taken a look at it in my career, is um, what, you know, what are the, the, um, the capabilities from a technological perspective of the factory? Uh, are these factories that have... Uh, have invested in technology and in, in advanced uh, automatic cutting machinery that they have um, uh, the ability to do digital printing do they have the capabilities to uh, to do 3d rendering uh, these are the things that will show you that the factory is an advanced factory that is agile that has moved forward that has invested in their business uh, as opposed to a factory that basically does everything manually so that'll tell you a lot about who you're doing business with. So they yeah. should be able to do some of the like the pre-manufacturing planning process. Where like I've got I send them, hey, here's my CAD file, here's what we're looking for, and then they come back to me with what? A 3D render, a concept, what? Exactly. Uh, they well when when you're developing the product with them, the one thing that they want to come back you you want them to come back with is give you their profile. All factories and all organizations have have profile of how they do business, everything about their factory, uh, their revenue stream. Uh, are they a small um, manufacturer with very little revenue? Uh, you have to take a look at how much business they do and who they do business with. Uh, a, a factory and a vendor that has um, a, a significant revenue stream is is one that's going to be able to finance and help you finance your business and mm. finance material. Hold up. We'll hear more after this quick break. Support for this podcast comes from Simpler, a new way to staff 24-7 sales and customer service on your Shopify store. It works with your existing email and chat tools, so setup is quick 
and easy. Simpler provides on-demand, U.S.-based customer service specialists to answer your customers' most common questions. Close more sales with Simpler by staffing your email and live chat with 24-7 Simpler specialists. Find out more at simpler.ai. That's S-I-M-P-L-R dot A-I. And now, back to the show. Hit me. So a great factory can actually help, will, through uh, setting favorable terms, will help me finance my product. Is there anything I'm, I've missed that we're overlooking in, do, uh, in doing our due diligence, in vetting these factories, or even just in the initial search? Yeah, I would say one important factor, um, which I think is a really key factor, key factor is how they, um, how they price their products. Um, basically, what you want to do is you want to price your products, whether it's an initial concept or an ongoing business, with various different factories uh, and have the ability to, um, uh, to see what the world price is or common prices within different vendors. And that'll give you some idea. So one thing you have to overlook is how transparent is the, is the vendor and the factory on pricing and how consistent they are. Meaning if you develop a product, a t-shirt, and you have one factory that is charging you $5, another factory is charging you $4, and here you find this great factory, great vendor, everything looks great, and they're $2.50. I said, wow, this is great. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm going to place my orders with this factory because you know, I'm going to make a lot of money and great pricing and great margins. Um, so what happens is that you continue doing business the following season and that $2.50 price now jumped to $6.50. Uh, why did it do that? Well, this vendor is really not, was not really too interested in just doing business with you and developing a relationship. They were interested in filling a capacity that they probably had. So transparency uh, and, and how the factory does business with you and cost their product is really an important uh, 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 factor that you have to take a look at in finding the right vendor and the right partner to do business with. So in a factory, I've got essentially a, a bunch of workers and a bunch of machinery. And if I have stuff that just isn't in use at the moment, it's an easy win to say, all right, we'll just find something. Let's make sure we never have downtime on, the, on this stuff, on our line. And so a small e-commerce merchant shows up, says, hey, I need to manufacture some things. So they say, all right, sell them that. It'll fill the void. We can get it done. You do it, and you turn around and place your next order, and suddenly the price goes up because you just are – there's not a relationship. It was like a one-off thing. You're low priority. Exactly. That's exa- okay. It's exactly right. I mean, you have a target that – you know, that's business with or Target or any, any of the major retailers that are doing production with a factory. And for some reason or another, they decide to cancel the order because maybe that particular product didn't sell well or whatever. There's production capacity. You come as a small entrepreneur, a small uh, e-commerce brand, and the factory will be more than happy to you know, give you that production. The following season, um, that production capacity is filled and you're out of luck. So how do I avoid that? How do I find, make sure I'm working with a factory that is looking at this as an ongoing relationship? Well, the first thing you have to take a look at is uh, what I alluded before. You have to look at the customer base. So if you're working, if you're planning to work with a factory that is predominantly uh, doing business with large retailers, 70% of their production is the major box store retailers, uh, and they're not doing... V- too much business with brands or small brands, 
it's, that's, that's a light bulb to tell you that they're probably not very interested in working with you. And if they do have capacity, it's because it just happened to have capacity for that particular time period. So you want to look at factories that have a good mix of clients. They have some brands, they have some uh, small brands, some larger brands, some smaller retailers, some larger retailers, because that tells you that it's a factory that's also thinking strategically. They're just not, just wanted to just take a big contract with a big retailer and that's it. So a factory that's thinking strategically and are working with smaller brands and upcoming brands and e-commerce brands, uh, those are the ones that you basically want to focus on. One of the biggest factors, issues with manufacturing is time to market. And this becomes exceptionally important if I have a fashion brand. Um, you know, if I'm manufacturing jackets and it gets, they say, oh yeah, we'll get those delivered to you in September. And then it gets delayed, 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 and they show up in April. That's a real problem. I miss the entire selling season. So knowing that, how, what's the best way to ensure we get a reasonable speed to market? And what are some reasonable timelines? There are a lot of different, there's no one solution for speed to market. And speed to market is really, really important because basically, uh, especially for e-commerce brands, because it gives you the ability to react quickly to your customer needs, okay, which a lot of times you may not know. So there's a lot of different ways that you can work. Uh, one of them is through digitalization, technology. Uh, in the old days, everything was done manually, you know, through emails, through Excel spreadsheets, uh, through faxes and, and back and forth, and it took forever to, uh, to get a product developed and a product manufactured and samples made. Um, you did everything manually, you worked on spreadsheets, you worked on, 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 on sketching a pro uh, 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 the specs, sending them over to a factory, the factory looked at it, they, um, um, they, they made one sample, they send it to you, nine times out of 10, that particular sample was probably not that great, okay, because they probably uh, didn't understand exactly what you were doing. So you have to remake it, uh, and you have the logistics of, of samples going back and forth from China. Uh, so at the end of the day, uh, it could take you uh, two to three months to get your final sample correct. And once you have the final sample correct, you place the order. Uh, and, and the process just keeps dragging and dragging along. When I first started in the business, uh, a few years back, it would take you almost, uh, I would say, eight to nine months from an initial concept until you get the product. With digitalization now, where you can, uh, you can utilize platforms, uh, PLM platforms, product lifecycle management platforms, that everything is done. You can design it digitally, you can uh, procure, and you can cost digitally. Uh, now, with 3D, 3D rendering, you can actually design a product digitally, uh, you can create a pattern digitally, you can convert it to an avatar, a 3D avatar, hmm. uh, you can uh, maneuver the avatar and maneuver the specs to make sure this is exactly what you're looking for, you can submit it electronically to a factory, which has to be a factory that has also the technology uh, invested on it, um, and you can perfect it, and literally you can go from a concept to production start in just weeks hmm. because everything has been done digitally. You might want to see the final sample okay, after a lot, of, a lot of rendering. So large companies, the, the Walmarts, the Targets, uh, they're all working in, in this process right now to shorten their supply chain. 
But what has done to small e-commerce brands? Now, all these techno technology platforms, you have access to them before you did not. And you can access them through subscription. So a small brand can develop and utilize these technologies to react very, very quickly and be able to compete with these large manufacturers and large brands at a smaller scale, but just as quick. This sounds like the future. How common is this now? It's becoming more uh, and more and more common. Okay, so you have two things. One is on-demand manufacturing, and one is customization. On-demand manufacturing is very, very common now, and it's becoming more common in Europe, where uh, fashion uh, houses uh, in Europe and Italy are using uh, on-demand manufacturing in Eastern Europe. You have on-demand manufacturing in the United States and Central America, uh, where uh, everything is done digitally, electronically. You create 2D patterns, it's converted into 3D platforms and avatars. It's sent digitally to the factory. Uh, the factory uploads all the information. They use automatic cutting machines uh, to cut the product, even one at a time. Um, and it's cut and shipped to the customer uh, in a couple of weeks. That's so, so cool. It's, it's, it's the coolest thing. And these are the things, when I talked a little bit earlier, um, and all of these things, uh, when you go to shows like Magic, like I mentioned before, where you have the fashion industry showing you the brands and they show you the manufacturers. Uh, when you go to these shows, you start seeing all these services that provide all this technology for on-demand manufacturing. Um, and that's, real, that's really the future of, of uh, micro, what's called microfactories, uh, where they produce in a very small scale on-demand. And that's a great way for a, 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 a startup brand uh, to manufacture. It'll be more costly, but you're basically manufacturing after you're getting the orders, and that's really important. So let's say I've, I've got my idea. I have been to the trade shows, and I don't want to mess around. I, I want to help reduce risk for uh, my business as I move into manufacturing my first product, or maybe I've been around the block once, and I... Now I'm like, okay, I definitely have learned the hard way that I need help. What, how can you help me? I saw you've got a couple offerings here. What I can help you is um, help you through the development process, give you guidance uh, in terms of what are the fastest ways and the most efficient way to develop product, what uh, PLM platforms, what digital platforms are going to help you be very agile in the whole development process. Um, and I'm going to help you find the right manufacturers, whether it's near shoring, near the U.S. Product, near the U.S. mainland, uh, onshoring, the manufacturers in the United States that can do that for you, or what are the key manufacturers overseas that have a history of partnering with department stores, with brands, that have a lot of integrity and are looking for the new, the new resurgence of e-commerce. And I can help you uh, develop those relationships with them. Where I can help you the most is to help you strategically. Uh, I think when a lot of startup brands start, uh, they are kind of very reactionary. They develop the product, and who's going to make it for me, how I'm going to do this. But what I can help you is I can help you guide you through the whole process. Thinking strategically how to plan the business, 
what is the most efficient way to develop your product line? What are the reasonable timelines that are going to take you? Who should you work with? Um, should you invest in, in digital platforms? Um, in this day and age, you can subscribe to a lot of digital platforms that are going to help you work uh, seamlessly uh, through the whole development process. And who are the key vendors around the world that are going to be able to work with you and help you with your product? That are willing to, uh, to take chances because a lot of great manufacturers in this day and age that have partnered with the large retailers, with the brick and mortars, um, who are now struggling. They're struggling because you just go to the mall and you see all the stores that are closing, uh, whether it's uh, uh, whether it's the large, the Macy's, the J.C. Penney's, the Sears, um, uh, Forever 21, all these brands that expanded and had huge um, uh, retail bases. Uh, now you have all these manufacturers that depended on, on, on this brick and mortar that now are looking for new ways to manufacture. They're looking for new partners. And um, what I see is I see the e-commerce world, um, if it's done correctly and find the right partners, is a great opportunity for quality factories uh, to be able to expand and diversify their customer base. So the... The shifting tide in retail and uh, new technology and digitization of the the product development process has really, it sounds like it has made um, manufacturing products more accessible than ever to smaller businesses. Yes, that's exactly it. I think it's a great way to summarize that. Um, it, it gives you the accessibility to develop and manufacture product like never before. Um, but that accessibility needs to come with strategic thinking, the right direction, and good planning. Um, one of the key things, so, so basically, um, in order to avoid the mistakes that I have made in my, in my career, I've seen uh, other people make the mistakes, uh, is to be able to, number one, uh, develop key relationships that we alluded before, uh, develop... Uh, always the plan B. You always have to have a plan B because you never know when plan A is going to fail. So in manufacturing, what's the backup plan? How do, I, how do I set up that safety net for myself? Well, I think that if, you're, uh, if you have a line of activewear, okay, you have to make sure that you have a good understanding of the entire manufacturing uh, spectrum. Who are the key manufacturers? And you have to be able to, uh, be able to shop around, okay? have price with different manufacturers, develop relationships with different manufacturers, and have the ability to uh, uh, be able to move product and move production where necessary in case things go wrong. And things always are gonna go wrong in this business. Um, the other thing that, is, uh, that you need to do is develop also relationships with uh, and have an understanding of the supply chain that provides raw materials and fabrics to your manufacturing base. Develop relationships with fabric mills, with, with um, people that prov uh, manufacturers that provide pro uh, components to the factories. Develop, because they're the ones also that are, that I didn't allude before, they're also gonna provide you with great information of who they do business with and who they should be doing business with. So 
if I want to manufacture pants in Central America, I would probably first find out who are, who are the key zipper, zipper suppliers. Um, hmm. who, who do zipper suppliers do business with in Central America? I will contact the big zipper suppliers, the YKKs of the world, and that'll give you some indication. And they'll give you, oh, I, I do business with this factory and that factory and this country and that country. And you start developing uh, your plan B and your plan C. Interesting. So you'd work backwards through this. I've always worked backwards. Uh, if I ever wanted to find a factory uh, that would manufacture for me uh, in Sri Lanka um, activewear, I would start calling and talking to all the fabric suppliers that I know that manufacture activewear, that manufacture, that they, they, they make fabrics and polyester and nylon and so forth. And then who do you do business with? Who do you ship products to? Who are the good ones? They're going to tell you who the good manufacturers are. Um, and they also want to develop a relationship with you because, of course, they want their fabrics to be bought <laughs> by these factories. And if you, and if you can say, well, you can recommend their fabrics to that particular factory. So you always have to be constantly doing research and understanding the market. Uh, so a good, uh, a good uh, business person will understand who their what their market is and who manufactured. You have to have a good understanding of that. Uh, the other thing that, uh, that I I've always focused on is, uh, it's the old saying, you trust, no matter how good they are, but you have to verify. Um, it's a good investment when you start a business or you're beginning to grow a business to bring a partner that are these partners that are the quality control uh, uh, services. They're the United States and around the world. They're some really big ones. Uh, SGS is one of the big ones around the world. Uh, with SGS, there are other ones, Intertech. Um, there are many, many uh, services like that that specialize in doing factory inspections and doing production verification. They're doing sustainability and compliance. Um, and they will charge you, but it's great investment. So if you place an order with a very trustful vendor that uh, Charlie Callaman recommended, and because you trust me and, and I've known these vendors and factories for a long time, I would still recommend that you still, you know, contract a, a quality control service, the big ones in the industry, uh, to do uh, a due diligence, to do give you a factory profile, to do uh, the research on the factory, and give you all the materials that that uh, you need to make it to make judgment. And I would contract them to do a factory final inspection on your product. Uh, maybe do an inline inspection. You alluded earlier, how come things are late? Well, um, normally what happens is that I always told my, my sourcing managers this. If you go to the train station and your, your train is going to be 30 minutes late, I can guarantee you okay, that there's high probability the train is going to arrive wherever you want it to be 30 minutes late. So if you place an order with the factory and you just wait until production is finished and you haven't done anything and the factory the first thing you have to do is have the factory give you a production schedule and what do you do with that production schedule you have to do the, your due diligence you have to follow up you may not want to fly to china every time every other month to find out whether your production is on time but there's a lot of services that for a fee uh, that can represent you that can go to the factory and say yeah you know your product started on april 1st we're you know and it's on time, and we're going to go to the factory on May 15th when they're ready to finish production, 
and see where you are. So I think a part of it is to develop relationships, uh, but no matter how good factories are, how good vendors are, they will always be better knowing that you have your, an eye on them and to make sure that things work out. I've got a thought exercise for you, and I don't know if this will work. So let's try this. Kim Kardashian launched a line of shapewear called Kimono, and this wildly backfired because people said that's cultural appropriation, and she thought about it for a day and said, okay, I'm going to listen to what, what people are saying, and we're not going to launch the brand with this name. So they put it on a hiatus, and within uh, only a few months, she was able to relaunch it with a new under a new brand name. Same product, new brand name. But here's the interesting part. I saw, an, I watched an interview with her, and uh, to her credit, she seemed an absolutely astute and legitimate businesswoman, and she said uh, the th problem they faced was they'd already manufactured the product. It wasn't a pre-sale, and she didn't like tags, so the labels were printed into the garment. They weren't sewn in. So they, and they didn't want to destroy all of it because they had to replace uh, the brand name. And she said, so we figured out a way, and now they've got, we were able to uh, save all of the garments. Do you have any idea how they managed this? This was, I saw it, and I'm like, how the heck did they do that? Shapewear, a lot of it is done seamless. It's, it's done through, it's seamless, okay? Meaning that there's no cutting or, or sewing or piecing together. When you cut and sew in a piece of a garment, you print it first, okay, and then you make the garment, so it's done. It's, it's almost like the first step of the process. But in, in, in shapewear that is seamless, is actually done at the very, very end of the process. So one, one thing that could have happened is they just didn't print it yet, <laughs> okay, because it's, okay. it's done at the very end, okay? Or maybe uh, part of it was printed. The other way to do it is that the, um, the, the suppliers that, that have the machinery and the ink and the whole process uh, that has evolved so very sophisticatedly to the manufacturers, they have the ability to be able to, um, to override it, maybe you know, to uh, eliminate the ink and do another heating process. Uh, that overlaps that heating process. So that's the other way that you can you know, possibly do that. And also, I, I'm sure it, it helps to be Kim Kardashian as well. I'm sure there is a privilege there. Uh, yes, there is. There Certainly, is. That, yeah. that celebrity helps. Uh, Charles, Charlie, is it Charles or Charlie? Uh, Charlie. Charlie, okay. Where can we go to learn more about you? Um, you can go into calamanconsulting.com. Uh, um, it's, uh, it's the website. You can go into the website, uh, and you can contact me. Um, and I'd be more than happy to, uh, you know, talk about, you know, your business, you know, what your needs are, no matter what stage they are. What I'd like to basically focus on, uh, is, um, brands that, uh, are, uh, in the process of growing, okay, that need more guidance, uh, and need direction. Uh, and have growing pains and uh, need someone to kind of give you the direction of how to do that, make you know the connections, uh, but may, maybe uh, more importantly, help you strategically think about your supply chain. Get your free consult at calamanconsulting.com. That's Calaman with a K. The link is in the show notes. Charlie, thank you so much. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Big news from our friends at Out of the Sandbox this month. 
Their newest theme just launched. It's called Flux. And it's for those of us who loved all the bells and whistles in Turbo, but thought, I need more of this. That's where Flex is a game changer for you. It can be configured in an endless number of ways, thanks to more layout and section options than ever, more granular control of settings, and easy addition of custom CSS through the theme editor. It's perfect for development agencies like ourselves, as well as e-commerce entrepreneurs like you looking to create a unique online store experience for your customers. Now here's the coolest part. Flex has a new Demo Shop Import feature that allows you to fast-track your shop setup based on any of 12 demo shops. You get all of the theme settings, layouts, content, and sections used in that demo shop of your choice applied automatically to your store. You can check Flex out right now at outofthesandbox.com. And if you like it, take 20% off the purchase price when you use code PODCAST20 at checkout. That's outofthesandbox.com and code PODCAST20. The unofficial Shopify podcast is distributed by EtherCycle LLC. We'll be back next week with more value bombs for Shopify store owners. If you're looking for more high quality and actionable advice on learning the business of e-commerce, join thousands of other Shopify store owners on our totally free newsletter at eCommerce Bootcamp. That's eCommerce-Bootcamp.com.